kid. Coulter, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's play ball. So you recently released a chart that showed benchmarks for development of velocity, long toss, and other key performance indicators uh, across groups mm-hmm. and age groups for pitchers. So can you tell us more about that chart? And then, of course, my favorite part about the chart, the vanity ones. <laughs> That's, uh, that seems to be the one that a lot of people like. And to be honest, man, I had I had no intention of putting that vanity like part into it, but when I started looking back on all of these things, I realized, man, we're, we're putting all these standardizations on kids trying to force, Hey, we're trying to get to this number. We're trying to force this metric. And I mean, in the end, it all has, it all comes down to whether or not you're having fun with what you're doing. That's what, that's, what's going to keep you playing from nine U to 13 U hopefully through high school, make it to college. You have to enjoy what you're doing. And it's not chasing the rings. It's not chasing the trophies. Like if, if that's what you're in it for, you're going to come up very empty handed and you're going to be very upset with yourself at the end. But if you're going and pushing yourself to be the very best athlete and player that you can be, and you happen to fall within either the average or the advanced or elite, I mean, you're going to succeed and you're going to have a good time. But if, I mean, I just, I hate seeing people try to measure how their kids success is by the number of rinky dink rings they, they have sitting on, on a, on a, I guess a table or whatever they have, because those don't matter. It has to do with whether or not you're being successful and you're growing and you're developing within your game. So I, I've seen other charts that have been kind of similar, especially uh, regarding long toss and velocity. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to say that I'm a I'm a good friend with Alan Jager, who I've, I've been a big fan of ever since I was playing and the long toss has been a, it's been a key staple in the training that I do with my guys. So I really wanted to dive deeper into understanding the how high-level arms, especially even as they grow, what is the standardization to say, hey, if, if you're nine years old, how far are you throwing? And by the time you're 14, are you staying on that trajectory? Or were you peaking a little bit early? And is that a, is that a matter that maybe you aren't developing in the right way? You're not hitting certain windows of development. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Greg Rose and the on-base use certifications. But he talks about having these growth windows as children develop in age. And if you're missing these windows, you're significantly stunting your ability to develop as an elite athlete. So that's, that's something that these, this chart was designed to do is just say, hey, where are you right now? Where do you want to be? And are we hitting these windows to make sure you're following this progression? Um, and then I started looking into it and say, hey, elite velo is awesome. But there are other things that produce success on the field, and that's where the KPIs come from. Do you throw a high percentage of strikes? Yes or no. If you're not, well, that's what we need to work on. You throw a lot of strikes, you give yourself a lot of chances to get out. Now, as you get more advanced, yeah, you don't want to be in the zone every single time because guys might take advantage of you on that. But you need to have the ability to command the fastball. You need to have a significant uh, chance of commanding the off-speed pitches. How often are you getting ahead in the count? That's going to determine whether or not you're in control or the hitter's in control. Um, I have to keep telling my kids, you either get to be the hunter or you get to be the hunted. And if you're on the mound, you want to be the aggressor. You want to be the one that dictates who is in control. Um, And then kind of follows up with the walks per nine. Uh, Whenever I help sit in with guys that are talking to scouts during their in-home meeting, 
you listen to the scouts talking about, hey, we want to see you commanding the zone. We want to see you filling it and throwing a ton of strikes. We don't want to see walks. We don't care how hard you throw. If, if you have over three walks per nine innings, you're probably not going to translate very well to a professional environment. You need to be able to command the zone. You need to be able to dominate hitters and don't give up free passes. So that's like the four KPIs that uh, I included in there. And they just continue to escalate as you get older, because obviously you need to get better. And then there's the peripheral training metrics that I've kind of taken from things that throughout my experience, getting to talk with trainers across the country, either Brent Corsio at uh, top velocity. I really like his two pound med ball throw. I think that it's a really good engage. Uh, it's a good gauge of how much energy your body's producing, not just the strength of your arm. And it's another, like one of the other training tools that I really like is the king of the hill. And you can utilize those two pieces to start gauging how much power you can produce from the ground and throughout your entire kinetic chain. And then um, I talk with a lot of strength and conditioning coaches and a lot of track coaches, actually, seeing how power translates according to the amount of speed that you have. Quick twitch muscles translate, especially into your velocity and how you continue to build velocity. So if you can sit there and measure yourself as like a 60-yard dash or a 10-yard dash and gauge your explosiveness, you have a really good idea of what potential your body can produce. So I know, I know that was a lot, but yeah, you get me on a topic, I'm going to ramble. <laughs> So there is a group of coaches who are against using radar guns and other tech for young athletes, but your chart starts with 9U. So uh, why do you use that tech with younger athletes? Um, I use it sparingly. It's not something that every single time a ball is in a, like a 9 or 10-year-old's hand that there's a radar gun pointing at them because that sends the wrong signals to the kid. It's it's. We, we have to develop as a, in a holistic uh, manner. We can't just say, hit this number, you're going to be successful. So the reason I have it there is just so I can have a gauge. We can put it up and just say, hey, this is where we are right now. Let's keep tracking it. See if as you're getting older, is it a matter of your, your gaining velocity or are we taking steps back as your, like your body's changing? But it's more of a matter to track guys. It's, not, it's nothing more than just, having information as they grow, but I don't, I don't make it a priority. I definitely don't want to, I don't want to inject the wrong ideas into a kid's mind, but I do like having as much information as possible so that we can track their progression. So how do you make the measurements more understandable for younger athletes? Uh, what measurements are we talking about? Like spin rate and mostly spin rate. How do, you, how do you teach them how or what spin rate is and what it means for their pitches? Well, so the way I go about it is we, whenever I introduce technology or whenever guys are going to jump on and throw, let's say, a bullpen to the Rapsodo or something like that, before they do that, I want to explain to them what every metric is that the dashboard is going to present to them because otherwise it's, yeah, it looks pretty and it's got all these graphics and whatnot. But if you don't understand what individual metrics are, what they mean, how they apply, then you're just chasing a number that maybe is out of your control. So like spin rate, there are so many factors that go into raw spin rate. So it, that is not even a metric that I look at and say, all right, this guy's going to be really good because he's got a 2,400 RPM fastball. Now, that is a really great number, especially when you're talking about the potential for maybe additions to your movement profile, but I can't control within a certain degree 
what a guy's spin rate is going to be. But if a kid is throwing a, I don't care what the spin rate is, but if his spin efficiency on his fastball is like 78 to 84, I can control that. I can help him get more efficient on his fastball and that will have a greater or more significant impact on, on the movement profile of his pitch than just his spin rate. Um, I like to look at combinations of metrics and how they apply to what individual pitches do. But I also have to remind the guys that I don't, in the initial stages, I don't really care about the metrics. The metrics are what they are at the moment. Can you go out and can you compete at the plate and get the job done? And if you can, then we can continue to build and tinker as long as we're having success. Or if there's a pitch that is really not working, we need to go to the drawing board and figure out why it's not working. But it's, it's all a matter of trying to make guys understand that there are so many like, different pieces to the puzzle that you don't want to focus in too hard on one and get lost on the others. It's all, it's all one big package. So I want to try and explain how they interconnect, not necessarily why we're chasing them. So there are a lot of kids who are stuck at home right now and may not have access to tech like Rapsodo. So what are some things mm-hmm. that they can do with whatever they can find around their house? Well, um, I think one of the best tools in the world is just a marked up baseball. Uh, go and get a pearl, get a, get a Sharpie and either draw a straight line through the, through the center or maybe putting, uh, putting dots on the outside so you can go out and you can start tinkering on making sure that you're staying through a fastball, or if you're trying to work on a curveball, trying to get better, cleaner top spin, or if you're trying to throw a slider or a really good like split change, looking for that side spin, like just having something that gives you feedback. You don't necessarily need the numbers. You need the feedback from what you see and maybe what your partner that you're throwing with sees. That way you can create a communication. Um, I mean, that's, I, to be honest, I would say that all of this tech that we have at our disposal, it's all great. And I, I, there's been a million different people that have used this quote, but I want to be data influenced rather than essentially data driven because I see the data as a communication tool or maybe a conversation piece, something that helps me get more in depth with the athlete at the moment. So if we don't have the data at our disposal, like a lot of these kids are right now, we need to create tools that allow us to have a conversation to continue our development. So marking up a baseball or um, if you follow, do you follow Fred Corral from, uh, from the University of Missouri? He was making spin balls so guys can sit there and work on really spinning a baseball and picking the axis or getting rotated on a changeup. Like you, you can get really creative to get that kind of feedback to start the conversation on your development. There's, there's a million different things you can do. So where can f- people find more out about you and your resources? Well, I don't necessarily think a lot of people want to find out more about me. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really a nobody in this game. I just have a passion for the development and helping kids get better. But if they ever want to find out more about me, they can, or, or the way that I train athletes, they can kind of look me up on Twitter. It's Maximize BSB. Or they can go to my website, MaximizePitching.com. But um, just being able to reach out, just say, hey, this is what I've got going on, and how would you approach going forward with this? Or this is, these are my metrics. What do you think here? Like opening up a dialogue, I, I would love to be able to open up with more people and have more conversations.
So we always have to end with the funny question. Your all-time two, three, four. <laughs> My all-time two, three, four. Man. All right, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, I have been so pitching geared my entire life, I've never really paid attention to hitters. Now, if you were to ask me my dream, like one, two combination, like uh, rotation punch and a closer, I could definitely give you an answer on that. And to be honest, it would be Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens and Mariano Rivera. That would be my one, two, uh, my one, two punch and close, but I could not tell you my two, three, four. I'm, I apologize, Sammy. Trust me. Those, those are some big names right there. (laughs) Well, to be, I mean, for all the kids that are staying at home right now and doing their part with <laughs> keeping everyone healthy and safe, you guys need to log into uh, to MLB Network and watch all the throwback games. I got to watch Randy Johnson's perfect game this afternoon, and it just it was so cool. <laughs> Coulter, thank you so much for playing ball. Hey, Sammy, thank you for having me on, man. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.